0: the show we have acting coach actress and director michelle tomlinson here to offer some advice in the entertainment world welcome
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me cameron
0: anytime and i had seen you just posting some cool inspiring stuff in some groups i was like see this is someone who's i'd like to pick their brain <laughs> to
1: <Get laughs> the feel
0: for this industry right now okay. so miss tomlinson is just constantly working on various dramatic and horror entertainment, she has recently uh, been working on a drama that called Redemption that addresses various sexual assault issues, and is currently working on the narrative podcast Porco, as well as the documentary Edge, and is currently working in the New Mexico area. So welcome to the show um once again uh just as a big uh throwback uh how long have you been doing this been seeing a lot of back and forth like short films and like commercials you did but
1: uh that's a really great question um i have actually been if you really want to get super technical about it uh since high school in terms of even though i was raised in northern new mexico i took a really amazing video productions class in hmm. high school and it taught me all about you know show writing very short form stories there was a lot of news stories that we worked on and journalism was kind of like the thing for me at that moment but what we got to do was create stories write them ourselves shoot them ourselves edit them ourselves and then some of them would get aired in local and and down in Albuquerque different news channels and there you and, go Yeah, it was really cool. So really, that was my first taste into the technical world. And then, you know, like when I was six, I would do plays and things. And so I've kind of danced with this industry seemingly for my entire life.
0: Gotcha. It just was always close to home. Wasn't any interference. It was was always Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this after school. go to drama class.
1: (laughs) Right, right. No, it just has always been living in me.
0: Uh, who was your professors that got you into this?
1: When I was in high school, there was this really killer woman named Leslie Duran, who was our fearless leader in video productions. And she was so inspiring and strong and a woman, right? Obviously, her yeah. name was Leslie Duran. So, right. You know, she and, and so here was this woman teaching how to, what we would call today, you know, creating content, teaching us how to create content and how to do it fearlessly and, and with integrity and, uh, with, with the skills that we learned in class. And she remains truly my first real inspiration. And we're still in touch today. Uh, thank goodness for social media and, you know, texting and, and phone calls and things. She's an amazing light in the world. Anybody who's ever met her is really lucky to know her. She's such a strong woman.
0: That's neat. Uh, Would you say acting kind of helped you find kind of your voice or did you kind of already, were you already comfortable with yourself and you just wanted to be comfortable with the craft that was acting?
1: I think I'm still looking for my voice. I don't know if we ever really find our voice Cameron to be totally truthful. I think we find different variations of comfort levels and different challenges that cause us to stretch in new directions when it mm. comes to utilizing our voice for this industry for the, the this craft and you can feel really good about where you're at as an artist and then come across a really challenging character And everything goes to hell, you're going, Oh, my God, like I, I, I am now really challenged in ways I've not been challenged before. And my confidence level is now different, because I'm being greeted with this, with this challenging thing, I don't know if I can do. And so I think that every time we we meet a new challenge, whether it's interpersonal, or if it's the craft of acting or in filmmaking or, or whatever, we have an opportunity to get rattled and to get shook up, which I think is vital to our existence and, and question ourselves and then kind of work through it and do the work, apply the work and discover that our voice uh, is, is there in this new way that maybe we didn't know yesterday. There you and, go. And I think that as we keep evolving our voice kind of keeps evolving with us. So I don't know that I for myself have found my voice (laughs) (laughs) specifically.
0: Yeah, that's good to know because that's why we like all these different perspectives. So you've been fortunate enough to work with various uh character actors from Andrew DeVoff, both Joe and Guy Tori, Eric Roberts and even James Dumont who's also kind of a bigger character actor nowadays. Um, uh, so what, what made you just kind of, what, what were, what was the biggest takeaway from just working with some of these semi-known faces?
1: We're all in the same soup.
0: All in the same soup, even better.
1: You know, uh, when somebody's a bigger name or a smaller name or been around longer or not been around longer, we're all having the same human experience. And, we might be able to share some of that experience with our peers and our colleagues and and whatnot to help them grow. But ultimately, we're all in the same soup.
0: Nice. And we all like a soup in that it's a blend of everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: So I see you're working on uh, a sequel to... Uh, again, uh, the the cellar door, which was kind of a festival movie back in '07. Uh, uh, why now have you and the producers gotten together to do a sequel to it?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a, IMDb is a funny beast. We we started to, we tried to, we were going to, and a, a couple of pretty big things happened. One of which being, we had a producer named hillary six who is one of the strongest most brilliant women uh, i've ever known in my life she's she was incredible and Mm -hmm. she was uh she was unfortunately killed by a drunk driver on new year's day and yeah 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 for real that exactly and you know it we tried to kind of come together and and work on this together as a team those of us who had worked on the original and it just wasn't going to gel. Mm. It just wasn't going to gel, you know, and, and my, my, the writer of the original film and the writer of what would have been this, the sequel is now what I would say my ex-husband. So there was just a lot of, a lot of things at play that, that kept that film from going forward. And uh, I'm good with that. I'm really, really good with with not going forward with that project. More to honor the essence and love of Hillary Six than anything else.
0: Gotcha. I'm sorry to bring that up. <laughs>
1: no, it's it's okay because you know, I mean, look what we just got to talk about. Though is is on New Year's Day she she was murdered by a a drunk driver. You know, I mean, it, tragic. But at the same time, when you bring it up in a a forum of of some sort, when it's an unexpected thing to bring up, people go, oh, God, you know, uh, everybody knows somebody that something like that has happened to or that they've experienced in some thread or another. And there's a a lot of relatability. We don't get out of this life unscathed. So it's okay. I miss the hell out of her. Wish it had never happened. But um, it's okay that it's brought up, you know.
0: Ah, uh, I'm sorry, there's got to be kind of that, it becomes something you have to vent about after a while, though, because <laughs> it's just like, there's, there's so many scars involved with an otherwise pretty decent project.
1: <laughs> a beautiful project with beautiful people in a in a really beautiful time where lightning struck, and it was remarkable. I I don't have anything but fond, fond love for that project and everybody that came together to make that happen
0: uh also uh you've been able to work with uh night of the demons and Witchboard director kevin tinney has been <laughs> working on some of his cult films
1: i love him so much he is a phenomenal human don't tell him i told you he is a phenomenal human oh well, uh, i mean it's pretty world. hard
0: to do since he gets <laughs> plenty of praise at every horror convention he's at if he's been to i
1: me. know <laughs> I know, I, I call him my favorite horror icon. Uh, working with him is wonderful. I, I I loved working with him and even more than that, he and his wife Susan became extended family of mine and they are phenomenal human beings. So not only are you talking about a really gifted director uh, and a man who is just hysterically funny and he makes us laugh all the time, uh, but you're talking about a really solid person. He he is a family man. He is a gifted filmmaker who has always been very dedicated to family, and I I just admire anybody who um, who can find that balance and uh, and be there for his family in the way that Kevin always always uh, tried to be and has been and is and has and all of that. He and Susan are are glorious. But yes, the movie was a lot of fun to make. He killed me. And I think he enjoyed it a little too much.
0: <laughs> <This is> like <laughs> a filmmaker where he's going, oh, oh, my oh, darlings.
1: <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, my God. There was this uh, this gag, right, where, like, this cannon, this, like, giant air cannon thing is, is all up in my grill, and it's supposed to shoot this, like, giant wad of disgusting black slime at my body and at my face and everything. I didn't realize the thump sound that that thing was gonna make, and so the first time this this is <laughs> really <cannon>, shocked <laughs> the first time this cannon went off, I jumped out of my skin uh it completely terrified me for real, and I jumped out of my skin and I missed my mic like, I jumped off my mark because the the sound freaked me out so much that the slime went shooting past me um yeah, we had to do that one a couple of times and and i <laughs> There is something to be said about literally looking down the barrel of something that is going to shoot stuff at your face and and not... You don't you. even
0: have to imagine what's in said cannon. You're just like, I'm just <laughs> waiting for the impact. Is it going to be like a pellet gun? <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, dude. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, all of man.
0: These Altogether, together... Um what do you look for in a lot of these characters that you've portrayed? Cause you've been fortunate enough to, again, just work with all these indie guys. And I ask everyone all this, you know, is like that we, we have to get past a lot of snobs in the film industry. Unfortunately, you know, there's mm-hmm. pe- when you do, yeah. when you're an indie guy, there's people who are like, oh, it's not as good as Sam Raimi. And then you get into another <laughs> bigger budget movie and people are like, well, it's not Christopher Nolan. So how do you... People
1: are always going to knock you down, dude. I know, I know,
0: but it's a very common. So how do you filter out all this filth? I don't care. Okay, even better.
1: (laughs) Straight out, yo, I don't care. Like, I, if it's a character that I feel is, you know, uh, you know, especially in the world of indie films, because... When it comes to indies, it really is about that character that you're getting to play. It's you know, there's not a ton of money a lot of times in indie films. There's not these business things that come up a lot of times with indie films, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and so it, it really does become about interesting characters, characters that challenge me. You know, we talked earlier about Challenging and finding your voice and all of that. Uh, I really enjoy challenges. I enjoy stuff that is going to be a little bit difficult because if it was easy, like, why bother doing it? That it's yeah. things that are easier just to me, like, a, a waste of time. Um, because then there's no growth. You don't grow when you do everything that's easy. You don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a lot, la- everything becomes a lateral move. And so I don't really care. Uh, about what people say in the, in this negative space or like their hair flipping, um, need to be right or need to knock people down. I've dealt with enough of that in my life from, from early childhood on, like I just dealt with it. And so I, as an adult, it was like, I really could care less what these people want to say to me to try to knock me down because they have no I don't know bro like they have no idea Pick am a small guy in my shoe in my shoes yeah they don't know what the journey is and so they don't get to say i don't know that comparison of this that and the oh my god who cares legit who cares
0: no that's that's cool i, I saw i so you provided a totally different take on just yeah you know, it doesn't even it's not even on your radar
1: Yeah, it can't be, because what happens is it takes you down.
0: We'll return after
1: these messages.
0: Hello, and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, For instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. No, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, Nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment... Is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to. Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, Breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at Brentfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win Show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world, and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like Robocop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Now back to the feature presentation.
1: It used to be on my radar. Really early on, it was on my radar. I I was always very insecure about I was too fat, too skinny. Too uh, old, too young. I mean, I I always felt like um when I first, first, first started out acting wise in L.A., <laughs> I was constantly second guessing myself because I was letting all of these exterior voices that did not belong to me or my spirit kind of run the show and Teachers telling me what they thought of me, and that had to become gospel. Casting directors telling me, and agents, and you, you know, when you start to really listen to all these external voices, you you there's a wobble that starts to happen, and mm. you can't, it's really hard to book when you're wobbly because you don't really know what your uh, what your look is, what your essence is what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, because all these people have filled your head with stuff that ultimately doesn't matter or that you can't control. I had somebody, uh, I don't know if it's still on IMDb or not. I mean, because obviously I don't check Uh, somebody slammed me for having a big foot on screen. And I was like, that's hysterical. I'm a size six, which in a dude's foot is a size four. I don't really feel like that's a big foot. And when I saw that on the IMDb, I thought it was hysterical because I was like, wow, like that's such a fascinating thing to, to pick apart or like that. My teeth were, my teeth were too white. And I was like, I brushed them, you know, like it is just, it's so interesting when you start to really look at like, these, these different humans clearly pro- projecting some kind of thing on to you it's really easy to get lost in that and that did that did happen when I first got to LA I was very lost and then when I started to listen to myself a lot more and listen to the right teachers who weren't trying to date me uh, uh right or like listening to the right producers who weren't trying to date me um things got a lot more clear really quickly And that's when I started to to really book and explore, you know, the world of indie film, because that was always my goal was indie film. And when we let the opinions of others stand in our way pretty soon, it's not other people standing in our way. It's ourselves for buying their opinions. Bingo. So, you know, you ditch their opinions and the importance of them. You can soar and do your thing. That's why I don't care.
0: Uh, and it's cool that you also chose, you know, indie film. You're just like, hey, you know, instead of just getting all hung up on, I'm only mated if, you know, I'm on someone's small screen or big screen TV. Right. It's like,
1: right. No, I just love acting. I never, I never entered this industry with the idea that I have to be a McMansion famous. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> it was never my goal. Yeah, and and that's and that's a lot of people's goals, which is more than fine. It just was never. It was never mine. I just love. I love the work.
0: Very nice. When did uh, acting coaching come around? In two
1: thousand seven. Yeah, that
0: sounds right. Oh wow! It's around the 2000? same time, you're doing some of these big indie film. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's cool. No, that's very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it's, I love it. I love it. It all kind of shwiffed together at the same time. It was pretty wild.
0: Okay, very nice. And uh, what are some other things that you just do to just kind of keep yourself calm when you're just, whether it's just in between takes, and you've already, uh, obviously, you know, memorized all your lines, and know what you want in the character. Uh, what are Well, on set? Uh, On set, as well as just like in between gigs, what do you do to just keep yourself calm?
1: When I'm on set, I'm the girl in the corner listening to music a lot of the
0: time. Oh, sweet.
1: Yeah. Uh, I like to listen to, I create soundtracks for what I'm doing that will match the like cadence and, and emotional intent of the scene. So that I'm not sitting there trying desperately to hang on to like, oh, I've got to be (laughs) so angry at the top of the scene. I'll just be in the corner like listening, you know, if it's anger, for example, I'll be in the corner listening to something like Nine Inch Nails,
0: right? Oh, nice. Metal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? Like the Pretty Hate Machine album. That'll keep me in a specific headspace. Such an emotional album. Oh my God. It's like the best album ever. (laughs) It's like, Yeah, man. It's just this
0: perfect, it's a perfect album. I wish my head was like a hole. But
1: anyway. <laughs> Black is just oh my god! I could no, I'll end up singing, and we nobody wants that. um What was the question? Oh, and then I thought you said uh, you don't
0: care what people think. I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, except for when I sing, because I don't want to deafen anybody. um uh, I, I work a lot. I am constantly coaching and teaching actors. I'm a single mom, and I homeschool my daughter. She's six, and she's epic. And I am attached to direct a couple of feature films that are in various stages of development. And I'm almost, I'm like a breath away from my documentary edge that I'm producing with my epic friend, Lori Bowen. And um, I saw that. Yeah. yeah post-production sound. It's a this dude cabbie over in Santa Fe. He's just is finishing. He's just finished the mix and we're checking it out. And uh, so it's, it's a breath away from being. Being in the places that it needs to go to and so I stay pretty busy but a thing that helps me ground is my daughter and I we go hiking a lot
0: I saw that was on also on your resume in addition to what martial arts and yeah uh, languages and Gun play you're involved with as well as yoga and ro- rollerblading uh yeah tell me, i had to uh, learn
1: how to shoot guns because guns scared the living hell out of me and um well, i kept booking fears. roles right i kept booking roles that were like hey you need to shoot a gun and i was like i cannot do this <laughs> and so uh, a cinematographer this dude alex uh yellen alexander yellen i think his last name is took me to a gun range out in la uh, many years ago so that i could at least pick up a gun without breaking out in like hives i i i um I have a real big thing about not liking guns and so yeah i, I did put it on my resume that I, that I can shoot a couple of things because it was like i was able to finally do it without um panicking and sweating and crying
0: that's badass <laughs> uh so you also know that your experience with Juggling poetry and you've done voiceovers. Uh, mm-hmm. what is the language of Ardega? I I tried looking that up and I couldn't find anything about it.
1: Oh my god, it's so stupid. Um, in
0: school. <laughs> okay, <I'm> looking <laughs> forward to it.
1: In school, I don't know if it, it's kind of like Pig Latin, but like cousins to Pig Latin. My friends and I would speak in Ardea. It's it's Ardea, and so like, uh, we would say something ridiculous like um. Uh And it's literally like putting Urtiga in between it's a all tongue twister.
0: Syllables. Kind of
1: no, no, it's like putting the word Urtiga in between syllables of words and uh, like in between the consonant and the vowel. Uh, it was very silly. And um, my dear friend Carolyn Berry uh, in LA. When I was her student, she told me you got to put that on your resume, and I was like, "What?" She goes, "People will ask you about it," and damned if she wasn't right. I have been asked about Ertiga more than, anything else, Ertiga? On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more than anything else on my resume during auditions, callbacks, interviews. Um, yeah, that's that's always the question, and that's that's what it is. It's the silly language. I got so was, Do you want to go to the par- do you want to go to a party tonight? But I said it in Ertiga.
0: Man. I know, it's really... Where do you go from there? There, There's
1: nowhere to go (laughs) from there. What other language
0: do you conquer besides Latin? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so bad. So you have a very beautiful tattoo on your wrist. It's kind of a butterfly. Uh, What does that represent to you? I always like asking people about this because, you know, you got it for a reason.
1: (laughs) I have a... The one on the inside of my arm is a phoenix. I have I have some. I have I think six on side my arms. Um so I have one that's in Latin, Mayus Spiritus, which is like, you know, my spirit, my 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 breath. Uh one is a a tree of life mm. and one is hope in Latin, which is my daughter's name. One is my uh phoenix and one is my daughter when she was 4. Wrote little bird hope, which is I I've been calling her little bird since she was a baby, and it's the cutest handwriting you've ever seen in your life. And I was like, this has to go on my body, and so I did that. The phoenix is, you know, the many many times of rising from the ashes of fires of my own making. Often, is uh, the phoenix of just rebirth and remembering who you are.
0: Love it. Love it already. Hmm. Uh, what are some other sayings that you kind of just repeat to yourself or just recommend for others who, again, are just struggling in the entertainment business of any aspect?
1: There's a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and I haven't read the book in years. Uh, it's good, though. It's an, a homework intensive book. But there's a quote in there that says, leap and the net will appear. We so often wait for permission from somebody, I don't know who, to leap away from or into a situation that will only help us bloom in a stronger direction. And uh, sometimes you really just have to leap and trust that it's all going to work out. Because if there's no leap, then there's no uh, there's no growth.
0: No growth. Hence, back to your initial point on no challenge, no point of doing this. Right. Uh. So I tried looking up your podcast. I could not find that. And oh. a lot of your movies are in productions. Uh, where, where where can we find you on the internet or expect? You
1: can go to my website, Michelle You can go to my Instagram. I think that's it's Michelle Tomlinson.
0: Okay, that's weird. I couldn't find it on the website. Maybe oh, I'm just really? stupid.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I, I Since I've redone my website, I'm not sure if my podcast made it to the website. But my podcast, I believe, is on iTunes. I haven't looked in a long time. Um, But I did have a podcast, several episodes of a podcast that just I spoke to different people about the challenges that they've met in their lives and how they've overcome them. And I was inspired to create that podcast because I had overcome thyroid cancer and it, right. And so, and so in doing so, I had a lot of organic conversations with other human beings who had been through different things. And I thought, you know what? And I, I would get all these people, you know, reaching out saying, hey, sharing your thyroid story was inspiring for me because of my thyroid story and, and all of these things. And I had no idea that. Uh, yeah, I, I really didn't clue into that. And uh, I thought, my gosh, if my one tiny little thyroid cancer story can be of assistance to these these humans who've reached out to me, then I bet these other beautiful people, their stories could also be of assistance to people going through their own thing. And thus, the podcast was born.
0: That's lovely. Uh, What would you like to uh, note about your upcoming uh, documentary, Edge?
1: Oh my god, I'm so excited I could throw up. Um, This movie was four and a half years, took us four and a half years, five years really, to go from seed to almost almost done. We might be done this week. Um, it's a long journey when you're creating a documentary because the story kind of finds itself in a lot of ways and when you're directing it you kind of have to go with the flow of shaping it. You can go into it with all of these ideas and you know we did we did so much prep before even rolling camera on a single interview, we did a lot of preparation and, and research and all kinds of stuff. And uh, even at, even with that, it's it's letting the story mold you while you mold the story and get as succinct as possible with your message. Um,
0: get layered. Get in depth as you can.
1: Right. Right, right, all of that and in in delivering this important, I mean, it, it centers around Native American language preservation and how language is tied directly to culture and what happens when language dies, what what the hell does it even mean when language dies right? Yeah And um,
0: there's no speaking
1: right. right. there's no speaking your language chances are you're going to be speaking english because of how history played out but um there's a lot of travesty that continues when when you look at the loss of language and how it really does complete a form of genocide and that's what is discussed in this film and then also uh solutions to language preservation and so it has a full beginning middle and end of here's Here's the issue that we are discussing. here's the uh, here's the real downfall of what happens to culture when when language is lost and then the end of uh here are some some solutions and uh, I got to meet some of the most beautiful, incredible, amazing human beings I've ever had the honor of meeting and I'm still uh, in contact with with some of the people that we got to interview because they're amazing humans and uh the film it uh <laughs> it means more to me than i can possibly ever begin to describe
0: i look forward to it please yeah promote it when it makes thank its way. you
1: yeah it's uh oh my god we're seconds away from that
0: <laughs> looking forward so Thank you ever so much for taking a moment of your time. And I hope you're still just, again, just continually staying safe out there. And obviously you already got your shields up. But <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on tonight. This was, this was really, uh, it was really nice. Thank you, Cameron.
0: A thousand percent. I was just like, hey, just get all kinds of inspirational interviews. Cause like you say, you want an organic experience. Uh, there's just so many that, I mean, half the time, I don't even bring freaking interview questions. I know what I want to ask.
1: Right, and
0: right. The more info you give me, the more I'm like, okay, not going that route with this question. Half these right. questions, they don't matter. It's just a template. But there's so many, there's like, oh, uh, i losing my train of thought. Uh.
1: Well, right. <laughs> and, you know, these organic conversations get to take place and uh, they're, that's where magic lives. You know, that's where inspiration really does dwell and is in those those little moments
0: so much uh well we're missing these special moments (laughs) (laughs) we need more of these special moments guys can you give them to us
1: (laughs) right for real give them to each other at the very least
0: right throw throw the dog a bone and then throw everyone you know within any proximity a bone as well
1: (laughs) yes yeah
0: up the little guy out because you were there at one point.
1: And everybody begins somewhere, right? (laughs) You don't just
0: didn't just happen. Follow us on the web, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.